0: I would like to welcome um, Liat Aronson and Howard Draft for this first session of the last block. So please, let's give them a warm welcome. Thank you.
1: Hello, everyone. Good to be back on the stage here, and even better to be on the stage here with uh, what has now become a dear friend um, and advisor to Horizon Labs and Horizon, Howard Draft. Although, as it says here, he is an advisor at Physical, he, that gives a small indication of... That's only a small indication of his very illustrious and long career which started when he founded his first uh, ad uh, agency in 1978, and he took that, and that was in Chicago, so we also have a little Chicago connection. He took that and proceeded to build it into a company with 8,000 employees, um, merged, sold, did all kinds of activity, but starting from direct mail all the way to full digital uh, media experience. And I think Draft Worldwide merged with what was then like a 133 year old um, uh, ad company called Footcone Building, very, very well known in the space. And I think that became like a, a mega company, which you retired from eight years ago and got really bored of retirement, I guess just couldn't do it right we're going to talk today about that transition from web 2 to web 3 and I think in the context of Howard's experience going from working with a hundred top 500 companies and taking them through the digital revolution that happened with the internet and how it's going to lead from web 2 to web 3 so can you kind of name drop some of those companies that you've worked with in the past
0: Worked with the largest, 100 of the 500 largest brands in the world from Verizon to HBO to Bank of America to Kraft, Mondelez, Yum, did all their advertising, you know. But I also had a healthcare agency. We had 19 of the 20th largest healthcare brands in the world from Novartis, Galaxo, you name it, we had them. Uh, Johnson & Johnson was a client of the company forever. Coors Beer, you would know our work. You know us from KFC, Oreo Cookies. So major clients.
1: <laughs> Another fun fact: um, you were a first investor in Facebook.
0: In two thousand and late two thousand five, two thousand six, they came to me to advise them because they had sixty employees at the time. They weren't sure how they were going to monetize Facebook. So I placed the first ten million in media in Facebook. Cut the deal to become an investor there in two thousand and six. Uh, we put two and a half million in when the valuation was four hundred million. We put uh, the uh, first 10 million in media into Facebook. It took us three years to convince Zuckerberg to put the 10 million into the market. So the first media in Facebook was finally placed in 2009.
1: So I wanted to, I wanna go a little deeper on that because I think that is something very telling about what's going on in the world today. So Facebook, when it was launched and for certainly many, many years, wasn't clear what the business model would be, wasn't clear how they were ever gonna make money. Um, and in fact, it wasn't clear that they were essentially an advertising platform. And you helped them see that. Was it so clear to you from the beginning? When did you realize, and why did you invest in them in 2006? What did you see there? Uh,
0: my 16-year-old son told me I'd be an idiot not to. So, <laughs> so uh,
1: <laughs> note to selves, listen to you, what your children say. No. Okay.
0: No, uh, I think what was fascinating about Facebook to me was it was a new media platform. And... Uh, being an advertising person, you're always looking for new ways to target people. They had seven million users at the time, all college kids, that's all they had. And uh, they were, you know, going from college to college to sign up universities so that they could, you know, get to advertise eventually on that platform. But to me, they had a very tight target audience uh, that could be expanded. But if anybody tells you they know what's going on Web3 right now, they're full of shit. and Because they don't. because. I have learned that uh, this will evolve and change so many times over the next couple of years. You know, the laws of evolution in this space will be laws of revolution. Uh, my little company that we started right now—I got back into advertising because I got really excited about Web3, and I got very excited about it. You know, I was the first, one of the first. I had one of the largest digital agencies in the world, and uh, you know. One of them was RGA where we did design the Nike gym shoes where you make your own pair of gym shoes and stuff back 15 years ago. And it was revolutionary and was exciting. But today the industry is still gonna take three to five years to evolve and I don't think it will really be fully blown out for 10 years. Uh, the most fascinating thing to me is when we started to build websites for people, the ability to get consumers to buy products you know, on a real time basis, based on keywords and then being able to design things, were interesting. What I believe today in the Web3 world, it will be the most immersive, most engaging relationship that anybody has ever had with a brand. So, what we're looking at these days is we're looking to try and help fashion brands, or, you know, we got back into it because we wanted to get fashion brands to look at Web3. And I'll give you an example. Um, if you think about the world of fashion, and I You know, pick a brand, Chanel, Hermes, LVMH, whoever you want to think of. uh, They have a fashion show every October. They're only able to invite 300 people to the fashion show. These are their best customers who want to travel to Paris and go to the show. Well, they have thousands of other customers who spend that kind of money in the rest of the world who aren't able to experience the show in a realistic, real-time way. So what I believe will happen in this world we live in The woman will get up at eight o'clock in the morning in New York. She'll know the show starts at two o'clock in Paris. She'll put on her goggles which will have been given to her by the store because she's a high-quality customer. She'll start to experience the show. She'll walk into the show. She'll sit down next to Anna Winter in the show. She'll see all the famous people that she's engaged with. Her girlfriends will be at the show with her. She'll be able to look at the items going down the runway. The goggles will read what items she's most interested in and which one she's not. Then what will happen after the show, she'll be part of an experience where the designer will come on 20 minutes after the show, help explain to them what the items were all about. Then what she'll do is she'll go in and she'll see the salesperson at the store she operates with. So I believe both virtual and physical will still work together. And she'll sit there and there'll be a wall of her as an avatar. And the salesperson will be sitting next to her as an avatar. And they'll go through the 60 items that were in the runway show, and they'll discuss which ones look best on her, and she'll show the woman as an avatar up on the screen in the various items. She'll then order those products that she wants, the ones she doesn't want. The company will make those products in her size, so there won't be wasted. There'll be dis- Most when you have a fashion show, it's 10 to 12 weeks before the clothes show up in the store. So the brands will be able to say oh, that woman's a 38, so we're going to make this code in a 38. So all around the world in 200 stores, you'll be able to build a one-on-one relationship, which is what marketing's all about. The more you know about your consumer, the more you're engaged with the consumer, brands make more money. So I believe Web3, people will think it's all blockchain, consumers will stay at home and do all this. Really in the beginning, this whole process will be developed in such a way that the brand will work with their current distribution model, Plus use new technologies to enhance and engage the consumer in new ways. So many brands will use gaming, they'll use virtual reality, they'll use augmented reality, but the experience is what every brand is after. Every brand wants to have an engaged experience with their customer. They want to have an experience that's all about emotional benefits. Brands don't sell on features. Why do you like Nike? You know, just do it. It's not selling a pair of gym shoes, it's creating an emotional experience with the brand. those are things that I believe will happen from a branding standpoint in this space. Blockchain is a technology.
1: Absolutely agree. Um, so, if you think about what you just described, then this is definitely a transition. It's the Web 2 to Web 3. It's enterprises using the underlying uh, technology, but in order to achieve that relationship with their customers, I'm probably thinking, well, you know, this is the question to you actually. In this, in this bridge time, business models will be based on their marketing budget. It won't be anything highly nope. complicated.
0: They're going to take dollars from their marketing budget and they'll do some testing. The dollars will not be significant, and it's going to take months and years. Okay. You know, and you, know, you got to be in an advisory role. Let me finish this experience and how it all ends up back with you guys, though. Woman buys her clothes. She's going to have an NFT embedded in her clothes. So the clothes will be sitting in her closet. A lot of these best customers have multiple homes all around the world. The woman can go to her iPad and know what clothes are in her closet. She can know what she wore because there will be a calendaring app that goes into it so that the consumer can say, I wore those clothes when I went out with Liat two months ago, so I can't put the same items on. Clearly. And they have a weather application when they're traveling to Milan. They'll know the next seven days what the weather's like. So all it is is a more sophisticated database. You know, I come from the database world. To me, blockchain is a more sophisticated database by using NFTs in the way of tokens to identify the hit purchase history, where the item was made, also resale values. You know what is Armes worried about? People selling their bags, you know, in the secondary market and whether they're real or not. But if they're embedded with the right tokens, they'll know, and the consumer will know whether it's the right product. So the business will evolve. The business will be exciting for all of you. However, it's all about a brand relationship at the end of the day.
1: I think clearly with uh, that use case, it's absolutely true. It's, it's you know high luxury is not a very mass market
0: kind of. Uh, um, but they have lots of money.
1: No, it's a it's a great idea. But I think um, if we go back to the Facebook analogy, I think one of the places where blockchain technology will be interesting beyond um, the the NFTs and looking at. Beyond the business model of marketing dollars will be because it targets that younger generation through the gaming these are um, a whole generation that is going to be Much more receptive to in different incentivization that blockchain can allow so they
0: understand play to win You know and if you understand play to win tokenization in the gaming space makes perfect sense and the problem is Getting the major brands of the world. Let's go back who's going to leverage the world? Activision, when they get merged with Microsoft. I mean, that's who's going to be the biggest gaming company in the world. Therefore, what are they going to do in the next five years to create an environment where you're going to be able to have the ability for people to play in that space? But right now, you know, the money it costs to build a game these days in the amount of time is astronomical.
1: Well, and in the m- amount of marketing budget, you need to actually make sure that people know you exist.
0: And remember the old Harvard study. If you're number one in the category, you always stay number one in the category. If you're number two in the category, you can make money. If you're number three in the category, you might get to number two, but it's very unlikely, and you're going to have a tough time making money. And if you're number four in a category, please close yourself down, because <laughs> it's not going to happen for you. So brands, first, you know, Coke will never be passed by Pepsi. It's just not going to McDonald's is never going to be passed by Burger King. So, number one in a category always stays number one in a category.
1: Interesting, and and that's interesting because even through this digital, digital revolution that has stayed true. So, while we can expect a lot of huge changes in things like business model in kind of relationship with our brands and kind of relationship with our data, I think that's also a big promise of blockchain, um, you think the tried and true of, uh, of, of that adage stays, number one, number two. Well, yeah, that's absolutely. an interesting marketing uh, lesson today.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're never, you basically have to be a num kaput to go from number one to number two. It's, I, I, I know of no brand. Anybody know a brand that went from one to two? Blackbird. Which one? Blackbird. Oh, but that was, that's true. But Adidas, Adidas was number one for a while. Before Michael Jordan. Now Michael Jordan breaks the rules because when you have Air Jordan, nobody so, can beat So there's Air a Jordan.
1: rule, and then there's the exception to no, the but, rule. No, but
0: but the but the evolution. You know, yeah. Adidas was a soccer company, soccer shoe company. Nike, you know, revolutionized gym shoes. Right. Yeah, but uh, BlackBerry was a very high-level security phone system. Now, do you, you want to compare BlackBerry to an Apple iPod? Uh, phone sorry an Apple phone would you say they're similar I think it's a different product
1: I think it is and I think that's actually where we're probably going to be seeing the changes so the number one number two exception um, maybe we can build this thesis here uh, comes when what the product that you're creating absolutely morphs into something else clearly right now we're not walking around with a phone in fact, I don't even use my phone. We're walking around with a computer, right? It's a totally different product than it was when I had my first uh, my first phone. We're out of time. This has been amazing. No, Thank it you.
0: hasn't. And yeah. by the way, there's a rule. Never be the last person on a program in a day. No, we're not done. We're, we're not know. done. There's pro- the, after us. you get in the fact. smallest audience. No, but actually, <laughs> this
1: is the, the last session. But we've still got a lot of content. We're going to go from here and talk more about Web 2 to Web 3 um, the the evolution for enterprise in particular in both um, a spotlight that we have with Jesse and HL partner, and we're also going to be having a panel and talk about specific use cases, so we're not the last. I'm sorry. We're just the best.
0: Uh, But you have to remember also, you need to be funny. Guaranteed laughs. (laughs) Thank Thank you both.